0: One guy that doesn't have a whole lot of worries right now is your two-time, now your two-time Daytona 500 winner, Jimmy Johnson. And we'll have our interview with Jimmy coming up shortly, but Jimmy talks about how awesome it was to get this win in the first Gen 6 and Gen 6 Severl A.
1: It is just awesome. There's no other way to describe it. Um, 400 starts, every one of those starts with Lowe's and Hendrick Motorsports. Oh, I forgot about that. Um, Got a little material left over. Um, to be the first to win the gen six in a gen six car. And and that car is a Chevrolet, a Chevy SS, uh, just a very, very proud moment plate racing. As we all know in here has been a little tough on the 48 for the last few years. So, um, happy to get through it all. And, um, you know, just a strong race car. I feel like the speed our car had in it, um, allowed me to really have control of the race there late. And I felt like I was sitting on something all day, um, and was just ready to, ready to have some fun when it counted, and, and it did.
0: Jimmy Johnson goes on to say everybody was playing the odds and the majority wanted to run on top of the racetrack, and, boy, we, did we see that.
1: Everybody was just playing the odds, and the majority of the, the competitors wanted to run the top, and the draft really works in numbers, and there's more there than the bottom. And uh, with the side drafting being, being as um, effective right now, you could really choke down the bottom lane and pin a guy against the line and slow him down and then get away and have the, that long line of cars to surge you past. So the, the game's changed a little bit. It used to be defend the bottom, and right now it's defend the top. And in the closing laps, when we were all single foul and I was leading, I just wanted to see what would go on with the middle or the bottom and, and not allow guys to really <clears throat> set me up based on my lines. And I ran the bottom, and no one really had a run or did anything.
0: Again, coming up in five minutes, Jimmy Johnson will be checking in. Your 2013 Daytona 500 champion here with the Speed Freaks. And Statman, is this a product? I know it's the first race, but is this a, is this a product of the new Gen 6 car, these freight trains? Again, it's one big two-and-a-half-mile track. It's not Phoenix coming up.
2: Well, you got to understand that whatever happens, the drivers are going to complain. I mean, right. that I say that all the time. In any series. In, in, in any series, yeah. that's the driver's duty is to complain. That, you know, the car is too slow, too fast, whatever. And they're going to tweak it until it doesn't work. And then they're going to complain about the new car. <laughs> you know, they're right. going to get a bigger spoiler, get a smaller spoiler. Get a, you know, more uh, arrow, get less arrow. It pushes, it doesn't push. Remember three years, four years ago, arrow pushed. Every track, every time, that was the complaint after every race. So now they got a car. You know, what's wrong with having a car that doesn't fit every condition? You got to drive it. Amazing. Go drive. Great. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Jimmy Johnson continues winning the Daytona 500 was bitching, but really they're excited about it the rest of the year in this gen six car
1: definitely a great start for the team you know when we were sitting discussing things before the season started we, we felt good about the 500 but we're really excited for everything after the 500 so i'm I f- very hopeful and excited that uh, our 48 car will be really fast in phoenix and vegas and moving forward so i think it's going to be a very strong year for us
0: coming up at 8:15, we'll have your runner up in the daytona 500 dale earnhardt jr will be here in the speed freaks pits but Statman, what's a post race Press conference in Crasher. What's a p- post-race press conference without Jimmy Johnson being asked about something about Danica patrick How? And, of course, he just throws it out there. She looked comfortable in the car and I think she did a really good job.
1: She's really comfortable in the car and uh, being close to other competitors, door-to-door, um, whatever environment takes place on the racetrack. She, uh, at these speeds, she was very comfortable, held a great wheel and, and was smooth and predictable, um, took advantage of runs when she had them, um, you know, did did a really good job, and it was just a car on the track. I didn't think about it being Danica in the car. It was just another car on the racetrack that was fast. So, uh, and I, you know, that's that's credit to her and the job she's doing. I think the style of racetrack really suits her. Um, you know, when we get into the other tracks. She has a tall learning curve ahead of her, but she continues to show her ability to drive race cars and, uh, and made history today in, in fine fashion
0: too. Jimmy makes a good point, Statman. man. Phoenix is not Daytona.
2: No, it's a very different track. It's not a short track either. That's mm-hmm. the you got to be careful about that. It's not a mile and a half. Uh, it's not a cookie cutter. It's a good test of the new car and the driver's ability and the crew chief's ability to set it up to get speed out of the new car on this track. Well,
3: oh, stat that's funny. This car, you got to drive it in yeah. Phoenix. That's a track you got to drive. You yeah. got to drive
2: it.
0: Yeah. Crasher did Did Danica ever run open wheel on Phoenix?
3: Ooh, I don't believe I don't think. So. So. I don't
0: think she was in the series when they were running at PIR. Yeah, I don't
3: think so. Huh.
0: All right, well, more. She's, she's
3: done it with stock cars plenty of times now. So yeah.
0: Again, Freak Nation, coming up at 815 Pacific, Dale Earnhardt Jr., your runner-up in the Daytona 500 will be in here. Your top fuel winner from Phoenix, Tony Schumacher will be joining us. Jay Busby from Yahoo Sports, checking in from Tona. Daytona, that is, talking about yesterday's mishaps and, of course, today's haps. But more with Jimmy Johnson, if we had a chance well, to catch no. up we with we also
3: have A.J. Allmendinger coming up at ah, the end of this era. That's
0: right, A.J. Allmendinger. A.J. tested
3: with Penske Racing earlier this week in the IndyCar side of things at Sebring, so that's going to be a pretty telling interview as well. But, yeah. yes, Kenny, you're right. We had a chance to catch up with your now two-time Daytona 500 winner, Jimmy Johnson. And we asked him if losing the championship the last two years, if that gave him a different fire in his belly on how he was approaching 2013.
4: In '11, Tony won. That one was disappointing because we we just lost our speed kind of mid chase. And I'm, if you know, I look back over the years, that's the year that I was disappointed in our results. Um, you know, last year and coming so close and really being in control up until Phoenix. Um, I, you know, it's a lot easier to get over last year's loss than it was to get over the '11 loss when when Tony won the championship because we we weren't a factor that year.
0: But as far as the burn in your belly. Do, does, does it differentiate on you wanting to get back up on the top of the podium for the championship between those two years?
4: No, I mean I've I've always had you know a huge desire to compete, and truthfully, I feel like I've had more desire and in, in a stronger work ethic than I've ever had talent. Um, it's always taken me a while to kind of figure out you know, how to race my dirt bikes and be competitive, and then into off-road trucks and stock cars and on and on. So going to work and you know getting after it's never been. Uh, something I've shied away from. I mean, I've had to work real hard to kind of figure things out over the years, so that that fire's there, and it's not going anywhere.
3: Well, Jimmy, you talk about your competitive nature, and it showed in that Daytona Beach half marathon, Casey Kane being on your team, but I think you still crushed him, didn't you?
4: Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I know it sounds crazy, but I trained for a few months trying to improve my running ability, and I felt like I had the distance under control um, all along, but to actually run it in a respectable time was my goal, and I uh, met my goal. It was under 90 minutes. Casey beat me by a minute, and that kid's got some wheels. He uh, he can really, really run, and I printed up a bunch of Jimmy Johnson Foundation shirts, and some friends wore them, and uh, we've been selling them on our, on our website, too, to uh, raise some more money for the Foundation. So that was all for a great cause, and my legs are still sore days later. Um, I bet you in another, another week or so I'll be ready to start running again.
3: <laughs> now, Jimmy, I saw those shirts. I think you're hashtagging them JJ Swag or... Team JJF swag, something like that. We freaks could use some of those. We've got a fitness team going on here.
4: Fantastic. Perfect. <laughs>
3: You're like, go it's buy them.
4: Team JJF. <laughs> no, that wouldn't hurt. That wouldn't hurt. You know, it's all for the kids. We're just raising money for, for kids. <laughs>
3: no, that's awesome.
0: Jimmy Johnson joins us here at the Speed Freaks Pits. And Jimmy, talk about your fitness. Be honest with me, man. Let's say that you that you get through a half marathon. Can you recover soon enough and race maybe that night or race that day? Comfortably?
4: Racing, it depends on the track. Racing-wise, um, here at Daytona, it would have been no problem. Um, you would not want to go to Bristol or Martinsville or a road course following that. So, you, just, you know, each track has its own challenges. Daytona is more of a mental game in watching your mirrors and understanding the draft and really playing chess all night long, where uh, a few other tracks are far more physical, and that would be a pretty bad idea.
0: Again, talking about fitness, Jimmy, when you get in shape for, whether it's Bristol or daytona or or in the off-season is it just as important to be in shape off season as is in shape
4: you gotta stop and and relax at some point yeah um so i I try to do that in the off-season what's frustrating though is when you train especially this endurance stuff your calorie intake a day when you're training properly is pretty high i mean probably about four thousand calories you know i burn a day so i need to eat that much then you shut off the training and pour in 4,000 calories, and you're only burning fifteen or 1,700. <laughs> you start putting on weight pretty quick, and it's no fun coming back after a few months off. That's hard. And this year I did a good job. I had a triathlon in December that I did, and then getting ready for this half Jeez. marathon kept me somewhat honest through, through the holidays. I did totally check out over New Year's and ate and drank whatever I wanted, and that was a lot of fun, but coming back wasn't any.
0: Yeah, you don't weigh yourself after after an afternoon golf game, do you?
4: <laughs> no, gosh, no. I can't even see straight then. I and mean, golf <laughs> golf equals beer, you know?
3: Heck yes. Now, Jimmy, let's go a little bit more into this competitive nature that you talked about. Your teammate, Jeff Gordon, did a pretty fly video on the Harlem Shake. I saw nothing come out of the 48 squad. What's up?
4: Yeah, he has some rhythm. That's where things uh, separate with Jeff and I. Oh, he does? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Oh, man, he, he's got some serious breakdance moves. Uh, I, I talked him into breakdancing at one of the banquets a year or two ago. The guy actually has some skills, so I'm glad he did it. Better he than I, and uh, I think a couple others have done it since, but I'm proud of him to do it. There's no way I would have had the, the stones to, to do that and dance like a fool.
3: No, hold on. I've seen him break dance and yes, he can do that. But in that video, in the Harlem Shake video, he just looks like he's thrusting. I, I don't really quite call that dancing.
0: Thrusting. <laughs> well,
4: <laughs> you got a good point there. Um, but he still did it. He yeah, still I'd, did it. I'd rather laugh at him than have people laugh at me. Aw.
0: Your 2013 Daytona 500 champion Jimmy Johnson joins us here in the Speed Freaks pits. And, Jimmy, you've won the Daytona 500 twice. Now what happens for you mentally? Once you leave the track, do you automatically focus on Phoenix? Depends on how you finish. <laughs> yeah.
4: If if you win, they own you for a couple of days, and it's it's a uh, long but fun, a uh, few days of traveling around talking about the win. Otherwise, it, we, we've had the West Coast and – it's time to change gears, the style of racing, the cars, everything's so different that um, you just got to move on and, and worry about downforce racing instead of plate racing.
3: You know what is you, you've done that whole media hustle post Daytona. What is your favorite one of your favorite shows to go on? Is it Letterman? Is it Leno? Out West? Is it the morning shows? Who gives you the who gives you the most fun time?
4: The, the late night shows are always fun, and you know Leno is such a big uh, car nut. That, uh, I've always enjoyed going on his show Fallon is is great too and I've really enjoyed uh, the, the times I've been on his show uh, Colbert is, is pretty fun and actually quite different away from the cameras than he is on camera um, so I'd have to say the late night lineups the best Letterman didn't didn't spend much time talking with us but uh, you know the other outlets especially the morning shows, they're in that whole news frame of mind, and it's much more serious and structured than the late-night
0: stuff. Jimmy, I know you I know you got to get out of here, but have you learned to do hook'em horns yet? Oh, jeez.
4: Oh, yeah. I learned that uh, maybe the second day with my wife.
3: And then did she slap
4: you? Well, of course we, we do down horns. Yes, so. there you go. I man. mean, that's the only way things we're going to proceed with my wife going to OU. Oh,
0: boy. <laughs> Jimmy Johnson, your 2013 Daytona 500 champion, thank you for taking time to come in the Freak Nation, you bastard. Right on. Thanks. Statman, now where are you going to get an interview with your Daytona 500 champion like that, other than in the Freak Nation?
3: And why talk about the race?
0: (laughs) Yeah, who needs the race when you got you got hook'em
2: horns and and uh, triathlons and Harlem 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 Shake shake and break dancing? I mean, what?
3: Talking about what happened
2: on lap eighty-two. Yeah, right. Exactly. That I, that, <laughs> I can't tell you how tedious that is when yeah. I when I'm coming to this show and I'm I'm coming to the studio and I hear these people in the car. They've been in the car for three hours after the race and they're still saying on on lap forty-five when the guy and the <laughs> tires and the and <laughs> and, this, and, this, and the and the pit stop and I, I'm like. Give me a break.
3: Yeah. it Sucks. You don't need that much of a stat-filled show because, come on, what, what, we want personality stuff. We want stuff that we can relate to with the drivers. And yeah, stats learned, and nuts and bolts get old fast.
2: You learn more about Jimmy Johnson in those few minutes right. than you had in any interview he did on Fox or anywhere else.